Hello and welcome to Z3 News. I'm James Bailey and today is Friday, June 12, 2020. And today I want to share with you what I believe is a glimpse into the future of the church in the United States of America, as I believe now is the time that God is moving us into another realm, which is the realm of His supernatural presence, His supernatural ability, and it's the realm of His glory, His presence. And in this realm, we can do supernatural things through Him because we're just flowing with Him, and He's actually going to be the one doing all the work. And to illustrate what I'm talking about, I'm going to share a video message by a man named Todd Holmes, who is the pastor of the River Church in Johnson City, Tennessee. It's called River Tri-Cities. And so in this video, which is 24 minutes, Todd Holmes shares an amazing story of how God put it on his heart to go to Istanbul, Turkey. He didn't know the reason why. He just obeyed God, and he went. And it's really an amazing story because it gives us a glimpse into how the church operates today in Turkey. And what's amazing about this story is the church in Turkey has to operate in complete secrecy. They have to do everything by the leading of the Holy Spirit because it's against the law to be a Christian there. And every week they have public executions of Christians where they are executed by beheading. Now, I don't like the idea that that type of persecution could ever happen in the United States of America. But according to the Bible, that is coming upon the whole world. As we're told in Revelation 13, there will be a time, a period of 42 months, when a man of sin will arise and he will rule a world global government. And we're told in verse 7, it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. Okay, so now when it says over every tribe, tongue, and nation, that would include our nation, every nation. And now I know that that's not a message that's popular. It's a message that, for the most part, the church has swept under the rug, doesn't like to talk about, because we like to talk about pleasant things. We like to think about all blue sky ahead. But God put these things, these warnings of trouble, in His Word for our benefit, specifically the benefit of the generation that would be living in those days. And I believe that we are that generation. Yet we have good news because God has already made a way for us to make it, to overcome, to walk in victory all the way through every single day, every single hour of every day, all the way until the end of our race, until we cross over to that other side into the realm of eternity. And so we have nothing to fear, 
and nothing to worry about. We just have to make a little adjustment here and there so that we learn to not be moved by anything we see happening in the world around us because great trouble is coming if we put our eyes on those things, if we give our attention to the reports coming across the news media, we're going to cause ourselves to be filled with fear and doubt and unbelief and wondering how in the world are we going to survive. But if we put our eyes and our attention on what God has already told us, His promises recorded in His scriptures, then we can begin to partake of supernatural victory that overcomes the whole world. But for us to enter that realm, it requires us to depart from this realm. In other words, we got to stop thinking about what we think we know and just come to God and to His Word with childlike faith to just believe that what He says is true. Because when we come to the supernatural realm, it goes beyond, by definition, it goes beyond our understanding. And so if we're leaning on our own understanding, we're going to always be offended and we're going to turn away from the move of God. We're not going to partake. But if we'll just go to God and to His Word and believe what He says, as it is written, as He's given us plenty of examples in the Scriptures of people who have heard from Him, of people who have received from the Holy Spirit, as it was on the day of Pentecost, as it's recorded in the book of Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples who were gathered there in the upper room like the sound of a mighty rushing wind. And this sound was so powerful that it was heard all throughout the streets of Jerusalem. And because all the people heard the sound, they were curious. They wanted to know, what is this strange thing that's happening? And so a great crowd was gathered around the place where the disciples were meeting. And it was just a supernatural move of God because as God filled these men, He also uh, drew the crowd and provoked them to want to hear what these men had to say. And the first thing that Peter had to say was that these men are not drunk as you suppose. Now, why would Peter say that? Why would Peter think that he needed to explain the way these men were acting? Because clearly, by what he said, they were acting like drunk people act. And how do drunk people act? Well, they get happy. They sing. They can barely keep their eyes open. They, they fall over. They do all kinds of strange, unusual manifestations. And so Peter felt obligated to explain that it's only early morning. It's too early. These men have not been drinking wine, as you think they have. It's just the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Because the manifestations, when His Spirit fills us to overflowing, it causes unusual things to manifest. And those things appear to be like it looks in the natural when someone is drunk. And that's why people that experience these things often refer to it as being drunk in the Spirit. It's just another way of saying filled with the Spirit, which we're instructed 
by Paul in Ephesians, be filled with the Spirit. And so I believe we have reached that day and that hour when this world is entering into darkness, is entering into great trouble, as these events have already started unfolding in our nation, that this is the time for God's people to learn to partake of what He has for us, to learn to receive, to learn to enter His realm, to learn to operate in the supernatural, because that's going to be our only way to make it. There's not going to be a plan B. He's already given us everything we need, but we're going to have to come to Him according to His way, according to the way He has provided in His Word. And if we just believe it, just receive it, just be like a little child and partake. But yet today we have so many Christians who are on the attack, criticizing any kind of move of God because they don't understand it as if God is limited. He can only move in ways that are within the boundaries of their own little understanding. How foolish is that? And so they criticize it. They attack. They turn against the the servants of God who minister in these ways. And they call this move of God a fake fire, a strange fire, a kundalini spirit, because they have no idea what they're talking about, so they give it a fancy name so they can wow people and impress people and make it sound like, wow, you know something I don't know. What does this kundalini spirit thing mean? And all it means is they don't know a thing about the supernatural realm of God. And all it means is that they have taken sides against God and against the moving of His Holy Spirit, and they have put themselves on dangerous ground because you start attacking the move of God, you start attacking the good things that God has planned for His people, the way of escape that God has prepared, you are putting yourself at odds with God. You are making yourself an enemy of God. You are going against the will of God, and the plan of God, and you're making yourself his adversary. You're doing the work of the adversary by saying these things. And oh, I don't like it when I hear people saying those things because I know, I know from personal experience that they don't know what they're saying because there was a time when I didn't know about these things either. I was a Christian for over 11 years before I even heard about any of the moving of His Holy Spirit. I didn't know about the, that we could drink from the new wine, that we could uh, partake to such a degree that we would become inebriated and intoxicated and so filled up with His Spirit that we would just experience the glory of God in ways that would uh, overcome our physical body. I didn't know about those things. And I know it sounds strange, but can't we just allow God to move in the way that God chooses to move, in the way that He has already revealed in His Word. And so I went over 11 years never hearing a word about any of these kinds of things and never experiencing it, never seeing it. And it's because the meetings, I didn't know any better, but the meetings, I thought they were good meetings, but they were man's meetings. Man was doing it the way man says it should be done. And so there was very little opportunity for God to do anything because He wasn't allowed to be in control. 
But when God is allowed to be in control, when the man who's leading the meeting steps aside and follows his leading instead of going his own way and doing his own thing, but allows God to be the leader, that is when we cross over from our realm into his realm. And the thing about it is, his realm has been available to us all along. We just didn't know about it. And I believe that this message is very close to the heart of God and his plans for why he has me doing these kinds of podcast messages, because it was just a few weeks before he gave me that prompting on May the 10th of 2020 to start doing daily news programs. But when he said daily news programs, he was not referring to anything like what we typically think about when we hear about news programs, because he's the one that's completely changed my perspective on the news by warning me that most of what we're hearing presented in the news media is lies. And the last thing I want to do is just regurgitate their lies. And so God has given me a vision for a different kind of news. And this happened several weeks before he even gave me that prompting. I had a dream where I saw myself up on a stage, a platform. And as I was up there, I was laying on the ground uh, with my back to what would be the audience and was in what appeared to be a fetal position. And so that was the whole dream. That's all I saw. But what I believe God was showing me is he wants me to share the message of how I've learned to enter his presence, how I've learned to cross over into his realm. And the whole reason why I was laying on the ground in a fetal position is because that's pretty much where I always end up whenever I enter his presence. I enter this realm that I call it la-la land because I've totally yielded myself, totally given myself over to him, and his presence comes and fills me, and I enter this glory realm, and it is the realm of God. It's the realm of heaven, and I partake of that realm every single day. I go there to be with him, and I do so because I desperately need his help. I desperately need His Spirit to fill me. And that's because in His presence, there is no longer any room for fear or doubt or any cares of this world or all the burdens of worry and fears that we carry in this world. Those things are driven far away from me every day. They're there when I begin my prayer time, my encounter time. But they're gone by the time it's over. I don't even remember what it was that I was so concerned about at the start because he's driven it far away from me. He's taken it from me. And I don't know how in the world he does that. I just know it's gone. I just know by the time I'm done, I'm completely free. I'm happy. I'm carefree. I don't care anymore about what my circumstances look like. They may have been burdening me at the start, and they, they usually are every day. But by the time I'm done, I don't even care anymore because I'm so filled with peace and glory and joy and every good thing. And so I believe 
that God put it on my heart, that he gave me that dream for a specific purpose because he wants these messages to go forth to those people who are willing to hear it, who are willing to receive it, who are willing to take possession of all that he has for us. And so I believe a very big part of the reason why God has me doing these podcasts is because it's time to start equipping his people for the days ahead. And as part of that, I believe he wants me to begin to share what I've learned since 1993, which is when I first had an encounter with him where I began to partake of this new wine and I began to experience this other realm and I began to have my whole life changed and I began to get set free from things that had bound me and wrong understanding of the scriptures that had uh, blocked me off from moving forward into things that he had and things that he had wanted to do. And so this message that I'm sharing today regarding the supernatural church gets right back to entering into that supernatural realm which has been available to us from the beginning. We just didn't know. We just didn't understand how easy it was to cross into that realm. And like one friend of mine told me, he had experienced it before, but he didn't understand he could go there any time he chose. He thought he had to wait for a sovereign move of God to show up for some unknown reason whenever he chose to. But that's not the way it works. God has given us access to enter into his throne room boldly at any time that we choose to come to him. And when we do, he'll be there. He'll manifest his presence. He'll show up. And so we just need to believe what he said. We just need to receive what he said. We just need to partake of what he said we could have. And when we begin to believe it, and we begin to take what he's promised us according to his scriptures, then we can walk in it, we can experience it, we can have possession of it. And so I just wanted to share that introduction to let you know where I'm coming from, that when you watch this video and you see these manifestations of the Holy Spirit, don't let your mind cause you to be offended. And if you want confirmations, go to the scriptures and read Acts chapter 2 and read it verse by verse very carefully. And so to illustrate how our supernatural church will be working in the days ahead, please watch and or listen to this most amazing testimony from Pastor Todd Holmes. I believe in people being filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled with the whole, and God using them in supernatural ways. Supernatural ways. And then you're, you're like, wow, God. I didn't know you could do that. God used me. God spoke to me. God spoke to me a, a, a few years ago and, and, and had me go over to Syria. And I didn't. I didn't know what the, what the conditions were like going there. He spoke to me another time, and he had me go to Turkey. I, I, talked, I talked about Syria the other night, but then, but then it was on another trip, and, and God, had me, God had me go into Turkey. 
And I know everybody can get there now, but at that time, everything was closed off and they were actually beheading Christians every weekend in the town center. And I didn't know that. And you know, sometimes when you drink, it's a good thing. Because you're just kind of not aware. It's like, what? What? And the State Department told me, you can't get in there. I got in. I got a visa. They said, how'd you get the visa? I applied. (laughs) You can't go in. I'm going in. You you shouldn't do that. It's dangerous. Oh, God's with me. What's that matter? I used to go to dangerous places all the time. Amen. Just like this man here. (laughs) And I went in, I went into Istanbul. And I didn't even know, I didn't know where any Christians were. I asked the cab driver, you know where any Christians are? He just kind of looks at me. He's probably thinking it was a trap. He just didn't even answer me. I was like, these people are friendly here. So I checked in the hotel and found out there was a place called the Bazaar. Not far. It was bizarre. They had everything in the world for sale. I was invited to leave one of the stores. Because I was confused. I thought it was like Israel where, you know, you work on deals and stuff like that. And, and, all, and I was going a little too low for them. And so I saw a nice leather jacket. I was like, you know, it's like, let's see how low we can go here. Then they weren't happy anymore. They said, can you please leave, sir? I'm like, okay, I'll leave. So I walked out and I was walking out of the bazaar without a leather coat. And, and I looked over and I saw this, I saw this jewelry store, this big jewelry store. And I felt in my spirit, I should go to the jewelry store. Now I wasn't looking to buy jewelry and that's why I didn't understand why my, when I wasn't married at that time. And so it wasn't like I was needing to buy jewelry for, you know, my wife or anything like that. I was just like, I'm just going to go. I, I felt in my spirit, yeah, I felt compelled go to the jewelry store. Some of you ladies here wish your husbands would feel compelled to do that, don't you? It's like, it's like, you need to hook up with the Holy Ghost and listen to the Holy Ghost, you know. Yeah. And so I walked into this jewelry store. This thing was huge. It was gargantuan. And there was nobody in it. There's nobody. I didn't see anybody in this massive jewelry store. It was like this one big hub, and then there was all these other little rooms that came off of it. And I, I walked in there, and I, I'm looking around, and I'm like seeing nobody. I'm just kind of wandering around and everything like this, looking at the signs. And then somebody appears out of one of the back doors and walks up to me and says, well, behind the counter, and says, hi, can I help you? And I was like, No. 
It's like, are you looking for something? I said, no, I'm not. I couldn't even say I'm just looking around because I didn't even want to look around. Sounds kind of weird. I walked in here. The Holy Ghost told me to come in here. So I'm standing there, and, and I don't know what else to say. And so I just look at this lady, and I say, is there a church nearby? She looks at me, and she goes, what? I said, is there a church of Christians nearby? And she looks at me, and she says, meet me in the ruby room. like what is it what's the ruby room and so and then she just turns around she walks away through this back door and I'm like meet me in the ruby room and I looked around and I saw all the different rooms that came off of this hub had different names of different stones I'm looking around ruby so I walk over and I walked into the ruby room. I'm expecting to, maybe this is where the Christians meet. There was nobody in there. And I'm walking in there and I'm looking and it's full of rubies. Every kind of jewelry you can think of rubies. And I'm like, wow, I'd never seen anything like that before. It was like the size of most regular jewelry stores. Just rubies though. And I'm looking in there. I was like, wow. And there's nobody in there. But she says, meet me in the ruby room. So I'm standing there. And all of a sudden, here comes this same lady. She walks through another back door. And she walks up to me in the counter and everything. She goes, hi, can I help you? I was like, you know, I thought I came to Turkey and this is Oz. You know, this is weird. And I said, no, no, no. I said, I, I wanted to know where Christians are. I'm looking for a church of Christians. She says, let me show you this ring. And she opens the back of the cabinet, and she picks out this ring, and she, she begins to take the little price tag thing, and she hands it to me, and she begins to tell me all about this ring. Tell me, oh, blah, 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 blah. And I'm looking, I'm taking, I'm not even looking at the ring, I'm looking at her, and I'm like, why are you saying this to me? Because you started it off in English, but I don't know now what level we're at. I'm like blown away. And, I, and, and so I decide, okay, I'll just play the game with her. And so I start looking at the ring and like, oh, yeah, that's nice. Oh, that's one of our finest rings. I go, okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Do you think you would like that? I said, no. And the ring back to her. Thank you. So she takes the ring and she's putting it away. I said, you know, I said, I asked if there is a church nearby. Meet me in the amethyst room. She's like, and then she disappears back in the door. I'm like the amethyst room now. So I'm walking out, looking over at all of the different amethyst room. There we go. So I walk over to the amethyst room. Walk in the amethyst room, and I'm standing there again. Nobody else is in there. And here comes this lady. In just a minute, she walks out of a back room. She walks up to the counter. And once again, she looks at me. She goes, hi. I said, hi. She said, can I help you? I was like, you told me to come to the amethyst room. 
It's like, how dumb can you be and still breathe? She says, would you like to see one of the amethysts? I was like, no. She says, oh, let me show you something, though. And she opens the case, and she's pulling out this bracelet. She goes, look at this. And she begins to hand it to me, and I'm like, I don't even want it. But I have to take it. She's giving it to me. I mean, not giving it, but, you know. And so I'm looking at it, and she begins to describe all of the beautiful amethyst, the carrot weight, and the gold, and blah, blah, blah. All I hear is wah, 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 wah. And I'm like, you please. So out of respect and courtesy, I look at the bracelet, and I'm like, okay, that's nice. And then she says, what do you think? I said, I think it's beautiful. It's very, very beautiful. But that, that's not what I need. So I handed it back to her. I said, I asked if there was a church nearby. Meet me in the Emerald Room. I walked out, found the Emerald Room. I'm like, this is weird. Walked over to the Emerald Room, walk in the Emerald Room. Of course, nobody there and everything like this. She then the same thing. Walks in. Hi. I was like, I'm getting freaked out here a little bit. I already don't like this country. And I haven't hardly talked to anybody. I got kicked out of a shop, and now I got this weirdo here. So here I am in the Emerald Room, and she walks out. Hi. I said, hi. She goes, how can I help you? I was like, I'm going to play along. I was like, you, know, I get, you got a ring right here? I said, can I see that ring? She said, oh, yes, and she takes it out, and, and she begins to, you know, hand it to me and tell me all about the ring, and I'm so, oh, I said, I love it. I said, that's fantastic. I said, actually, can you show me this one? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Now she's all into it, and, just, and she's giving me all this information and everything like that, and, and, um, and, and then she's, she's like, you know, into all this stuff and everything like this, and then she takes them out of my hands, doesn't ask me if I want them now, and puts them away meet me in the sapphire room so I didn't even get a chance to buy those I walk over to the sapphire room glad glad I didn't have to go to all the rooms so I was in the sapphire room and she comes out Hi. I said, hi. And she just looks at me and she says, be in your hotel lobby at 9 o'clock tonight. And somebody will be there for you. She turns around and walks out. She never asked me my name. She didn't ask me where I was staying. She just told me, be in your hotel lobby at 9 o'clock tonight and somebody will be there. I'm like, cool. I've got myself in this so far. So I go back to my hotel. I realized I hadn't told her anything. I'm like, this is going to be supernatural, totally supernatural. Just before 9, I'm down in the lobby. I'm standing there in the lobby. In the door walks somebody, walks right up to me. He says, come with me. I was like, here we go. I walk out the doors. There's a cab waiting there. He opens the door. 
I get in the cab. He shuts the door, and the cab takes off like a bat out of hell. I'm like, whoa, Pastor Merrick, what are you doing driving the car? I'm kidding. It wasn't Pastor Merrick. It was his twin brother. This cab driver took off. And I'm like, whoa, nobody else in the car, just me and the cab driver. I don't even know where I'm going. And he is, he is speeding through the streets at Istanbul. I mean, taking turns, his tires squealing, and I'm hanging on. I'm like, I don't even know where I'm going, and this is crazy. And we're several minutes, he is just driving, I mean, totally erratically. And, and as he's going, I'm getting into an area of town that is not looking real great. And I was like, oh, I don't know where in the world I'm going. I don't know who this guy is or who set me up or I don't know what's happening here. And then all of a sudden the car pulls up to a, to a, a curb. It's like, Urgh! and he looks at the back. And he goes, get out. I was like, what? Get out. Get out. Get out now. Get out. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Wait. So I opened the door. I got out. Urgh! He takes off. I'm like, great. I have no idea where I am. First time I've ever been in this city in my entire life. I'm in an area that does not look real wonderful. I don't know where I am, though. And I'm just standing there. I was like, wonderful. And then a matter of seconds later, here comes another cab. Pulls up. Pulls up right in front of me. The window rolls down. And the guy says, get in now. I was like, Get in, get in now. I was like, okay, okay. So I opened the door, I got in the cab. He takes off. And then he is driving just like the other guy. I mean, and he's going all through, tearing down through the streets, and we're getting into worse and worse and worse looking areas. And there's no street lights anymore. It looks like these are abandoned buildings, and he's still driving like crazy. And it's, I'm like, God, what have I gotten myself into here? Where in the world are we going? And for several minutes, he's tearing through the streets of Istanbul. And then all of a sudden, he stops. And he says, get out of the car and walk straight ahead. I was like, where am I going? Don't ask questions. Get out of the car and walk. It was not nice. <laughs> get out of the car and walk. I said, there, that, that way, walk. It's like, okay. So I start walking. I'm walking into darkness. I mean darkness. And I look back. He takes off. I'm like, oh, wonderful. So I keep walking. I'm walking. Darker, darker, darker. And I can't see anything. I'm just walking between these two buildings. And as I'm walking between these two tall buildings, all of a sudden a bright light shines right in my eyes. And I can't see anything. I've been in darkness. Now it's just bright light. And I hear a voice. It wasn't God. (laughs) But I hear a voice say, follow this light. Follow this light. I was like, okay, I can do that. I can definitely see it. (laughs) So I'm walking, and I just keep on walking and come walking. And they say, there's stairs. Follow the light up the stairs. I said, okay. They kept it right in my eyes. I couldn't see anything. It was just walking, 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 feeling my way with my feet, making steps. I went up, this, I went up these stairs, a couple flights up these stairs. And then all of a sudden I hear creaking of a door. 
and the light goes out. Well, you're in darkness. Light's been shining in your eyes. It goes out. What do you see? Nothing. And I'm standing there. I don't hear anything. I can't see anything. And then he says, I hear this voice. We have prayed and asked God to send you. And then all of a sudden, lights begin to come on inside this room. And this is a room probably two times bigger than this area here. It was filled with people. And I looked, I was like, whoa. I said, where am I? Who are you? We are the church in Istanbul. I was like, dude, this is cool. Freak me out. Might have to go change my pants, but I'm okay, you know. Like, yeah. But they say, give us the word that God gave to you. They're all sitting on the floor. There wasn't chairs or anything like that. Wasn't any, as far as I could tell, there wasn't any air movement at all. This was an abandoned building. And I preached to them for hours. Went from one thing to another to another. And when I would think I was, you know, this, I'm just coming out of this, they just keep on going, keep on going, buddy. And so for hours I'm ministering, preaching, praying for people, everything like that. Holy Spirit came, ministered powerfully to in, in the in the room with all the people, and you know God's touching people. People are crying. People are speaking in tongues. It's just the, the Holy Spirit's just moving in a wonderful way. And then when when the service is all finished and everything, I say, "How how in the world do you do this?" That that you know everybody comes together. I said, why don't why don't you why don't you have a regular building? This is illegal to be a Christian. And I I still didn't even know that. I was like, what? It's illegal to be a Christian here. They're cutting people's heads off every week. He said. So he goes. We we meet this way. I was like, wow. Okay. So so tell me, how do you how do you communicate with each other? How do you get everybody, this is a massive amount of people, there's hundreds of people here. And I said, how do you communicate to get everybody to show up? Because I knew they had only had a few hours in, in the time that I told them I was looking for a church and that this meeting happened. It was just a matter of a few hours. So how did you arrange all of this? And he said, we pray. I was like, okay, I'm cool with that. I pray. But how do you communicate with each other? He goes, no, you don't understand. We pray. And the Holy Spirit tells each of us where to go. I was like, shut up no one in America would ever show up to any meeting right. 
I was like, are you serious? He said, yeah. He goes, that way we know who's with us and who isn't. We know those that are true to God. We're safe in here. But one thing he said is he said, you don't know any of our names though. And we won't give you our names. He goes, God sent you here. He goes, but we're not giving you any information that could be used against us. Somebody took me back to the hotel. They called a cab. Went back to the hotel. It was a much nicer ride going back. (laughs) Uneventful. But the thing is, is that to experience what I experienced there. It's not just something that, you know, oh, your average Christian, this is just what happens with them. But really to be taken where God needs you to be. You have to be being led, being filled, being controlled by the Holy Ghost. And it starts off by learning how to just drink. Everybody wants to have amazing adventures, but they've never learned how to drink the new wine even. The most basic thing, the very initial thing with the Holy Spirit was that they all received in Acts chapter 2. And they were all drunk and they were all filled. And from that time, they went out. But first, they had to get filled. They had to be controlled. That was when, that was when 3,000 came into the kingdom of God. One message, Peter, preaching. 3,000 people get saved. That's supernatural. That wasn't wasn't how Peter normally rolled. No, you look at, you know, where Peter came from and everything, and that's totally uncharacteristic. What happened to Peter? He got drunk. He lost his fear of man. You find then that the apostles... They did things that you're going like, whoa, that is so cool. Whoa, look what they did. They stood up against everything that was coming against them. They stood up against the government then. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. It's wonderful to read about in the book of Acts, but then it comes to your door. I have to stay inside? Okay. Okay, we're scratching again. If you learn how to drink of the new wine, you'll lose your fear. You will fear nothing. You will fear no one. And you'll find out that what can man do? What can man do to me? I'm in the hands of God. I'm filled up and I am controlled by the Holy Ghost. I don't even think about, oh, I better, I, better, I better watch out for this. I better watch out for that. I wonder what they're thinking. I wonder what, no, 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 no. I'm just doing it. So thanks for joining me today. And I hope to be back again soon with another program. Until then, so long.